All right, it's so good to see you here this evening. Looks like to me I overloaded too many wagons this morning. Gosh, where is everybody? There comes another one. Okay, it's good to see you back this evening, the house of the Lord. Is the Sunday night place to be? Uh, I guess it's time for announcements. You've got some, sir. Give a brief reminder to everybody. Um, this is in your bulletin, and I think Jeannie made an all call. Um, for those who are joining us on Facebook, maybe missed those other announcements, I want to let everybody know that uh, next Sunday morning at the conclusion of the service, we'll be having a called conference. Uh, a couple of things on the agenda. Um, we'll vote on a committee for music uh, director search, and we're going to take a vote of the church body to approve um, providing some funding to uh, the church in Cameroon that had the fire and lost their church. Um, feel feel like our church needs to support them, and uh, we've got some ideas about how to do that, so we'll bring that to you for a vote. Thank you. Uh, Wednesday night in our uh, brotherhood, uh, we talked about some projects that we need to be working on, and one of those projects was getting stuff together for uh, to go to Atlanta, to put in the container, to go to Cameroon. And so here is the schedule, and if any of you guys can fit into it, we would appreciate it. Um, Ernest is supposed to arrive at our house next Saturday. Uh, to spend the night with us, and he will be going to Poplar Springs Sunday morning to preach there, as that church has helped him, and he will be back here on Sunday night, next Sunday night, uh, to share. I don't know what all he'll he'll share, but um, Monday morning, uh, Mac and I are supposed to go pick up the U-Haul truck, uh, and all day Monday, whatever how long it takes. We're going to meet here at the church at 10 o'clock. We can't pick up the truck till 9, and they'll meet here at 10 o'clock to load up all the stuff that's here that we're going to get rid of that people are bringing, uh, plus some of our own stuff. And then we have about seven or eight places to go uh, around our county picking up stuff. And then uh, Mac and myself will be going to Atlanta on Tuesday morning. And they will have plenty of help down there to unload the truck. And we're going to rent it. Uh, we've I've already paid. We've uh, rented it for one way. Uh, so I'll be following him down. But if any of you guys can help uh, a week from tomorrow at 10 o'clock here and follow us around, uh, it would make life a little easier. 
we've got approximately 350 to 375 metal folding chairs uh, time we get everywhere that people have said you can have them. And pulpit furniture, I mean a pulpit stand, uh, what, sound system, uh, mattresses, furniture, so I'm sure we're going to be pretty well loaded. But it would be good to have some help. If you can't help but an hour or two, fine. Um, I would appreciate it. Okay? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege to be back in your house this evening. Thank you for all the places you've allowed us to be this afternoon and uh, for the way you have blessed. And thank you for those who've come back tonight. We pray that you'd bless them, bless their home, and uh, be with Dean now as he comes to lead us in our music, and Sandra as she sings for us tonight. And for the reading of your holy word, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if many of you use your book, but I had the wrong number tonight. So it's actually 255 at the cross. Uh, let us stand and we'll sing the first, second, and last stanzas. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred hand for sinners such as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I had done?
this is an old um, hymn um, down at the cross, and it was written into a little different version. So if you feel free to sing on the chorus if you recognize it, and at the end um, you'll recognize it. So feel free to join in.
brought me from the darkness into glorious light. Glory to His name. she was born, watched her grow up, and when she was just a little girl, she already had music in her heart, she'd lead the singing at Earl's Grove. She was so short she couldn't see over the pulpit, so they built a box, and she would hop up on that box and lead the singing at the congregation. No, you just jump up there and do it, just like boom, you know. Well, time went on. I did her wedding. Thought the boys being born. And then she grew up real tall. Well, well, prior to getting married, she'd already reached that height. So on senior day at our church, you know, I recognized all the seniors. And I gave them a plaque or gave them a Bible and I didn't want to be looking up at Sandra, so I got that box. <laughs> and when her time come, I hopped up on the box. <laughs> well, praise the Lord, Sandra. Thank you for your faith, your faithfulness, and for sharing such a, hey, I love that song. Different. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the book of Romans. Romans 5. We'll read verse 12, and then we'll skip to 18 through 21. Romans 5, verse 12. Everybody help everybody. I'll wait till you find that spot, because I want, if you got your Bible, I want to wait on you. To locate Romans chapter 5, verse 12. This will be justification compared to condemnation. Romans 5, 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world... And death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Verse 18 through 21. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, 
Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one man many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered into the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, help us to understand about death and about sin uh, tonight, that your name might be glorified and lifted up in Jesus' name, amen. Death, the very breathing of the word, brings horror uh, to many people. I thought about this. I have I have conducted or had some three hundred funerals uh, in my life, and I remember <coughs> the first death that I can recall in my own family was an uncle of mine who died at 48 years old with a massive heart attack, whom I'm named after. That's where my middle name comes from, Guyton. His name was Rufus Guyton Owen, and they named me Kenneth Guyton Owen. I had opportunities to go fishing with him and hang out with him, and and they had no children, and uh, going hunting with him. But that was the first funeral that I can ever remember. I was 12 years old. And I was on a baseball field when they brought me word that my uncle had passed away suddenly. And from then till now, of course, I've had uh, one of my brother-in-law's funerals. I've had my daddy-in-law's funeral, my mother's funeral, my daddy's funeral, and my mother-in-law's funeral. And I don't know how many cousins... I've had, and uncles and aunts on Lynn's side. Funerals, uh, you know, is a time to uh, preach the word because a lot of people come to funerals that don't go to church any other time. They'll show up at a funeral. And so, but people don't like to deal with death. I mean, they just, they don't even like the word death, and they certainly. I don't like to think about making funeral arrangements. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you want to be hard on your family, do not make funeral arrangements. If you want to be hard on them, just don't make them. It is hard. It is tough when someone dies suddenly. Well, did they have any plans? No. Uh, did they have a funeral home picked out? No. Did they have insurance? No. You know, if you probably took a, 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 a poll of people, how many people actually have life insurance, you'd probably shock you to know how many people do not have life insurance. The Old Testament book of Job describes death as the king of terrors. David experienced and expressed the horror of death when he said... My heart is sore pained within me when I think of dying. And the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness 
and trembling are some and come upon me. Horror overwhelms me when I think that my life could be caught short. Death, we don't like to think about it, is ever present. And listen, it lurks in the shadows to grasp you and me in its icy fingers. So the scripture warns us. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Man is the only physical person that probably realized death, okay? Now I want to think about two dogs that I have. I've only got one now. Ty, he was the outgoing frisky type. Foxy, laid back. Ty committed suicide. He ran out in front of a truck. I brought him home, preparing to dig a hole for him. Foxy's in the yard. When I got Ty out of the van and laid him on the ground, she looked and turned and went into her house not to come out at all the rest of that day. It's like she sensed, she knew something wasn't right. A dog. What about us? Man is not only a physical but also a spiritual being. According to death, uh, the end of all human existence. That's what a lot of people have a concept today. When you die... That's it. It's over with. But it's, that's not it. But a, 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 it's a change of place. It's a change of condition. It's a, it's a change of position also. Uh, you hear one moment and you're gone the next. The Bible describes death as uh, the passing, as a, our life as a vapor. We hear one moment and gone the next. As a flower that comes up and blooms and and then fades away. As grass that is green and luscious that is cut down and dies. Death is a departure. Of being absent from the body for the Christian and to be present with the Lord. Now I can't imagine how that uh, takes place so quickly. Uh, you know when the doctor, if the doctor's involved and the doctor says... Uh, He's gone or she's gone. And I've watched many of them in elderly. When they say that, they check the heart, no beat. And I've seen them reach over and close their eyes as if to pull the shades down. Now, that's that physical body that we have spent, hey, thousands millions so we can live longer but then when it's all said and done the Bible many times will say and he died and he died the man was 98 year old he had dipped snuff he had chewed tobacco and he had smoked 
And somebody said, I knew it would get him sooner or later. I mean, 98 years old. Well, <laughs> by that time, it's time to pull out. I mean, what is here for us? My oldest uncle is 91. My aunt is 92. And my sister was visiting them this week. And I was the topic of the subject. And my aunt, who is 92, who still keeps house, works in the yard, travels, drives to Greenville and this, that, and that, says he needs to slow down. <laughs> and my sister says to Aunt Zoe, well, where's Uncle Dub? So I said, he's out working somewhere. But they keep on to me, you need to slow down. Well, you know, death for the non-Christian, listen to this. Death for the non-Christian is the absence of the spirit from the soul. I don't know how you divide that, but you'll find that scripture there in Luke 16, 19 through 31. The rich man and Lazarus both lived, both died, but they didn't go to the same place. So, you know, death marks the end of life on earth. But it doesn't cease to exist in some place or some condition. Clearly stated, the, the, you know, death um, is a separation of soul and body. Because at death, we have the body if it's not cremated. And if it is, then we have the ashes in the casket. Or in the little urn, we have that remains. But that person is gone. That person has moved out of that house. I'm thinking of an old house between here and home. I've watched, I, hey, I look about every time I go by. The old thing's slowly, slowly falling in. You know why? Because nobody lives there any longer. They've moved out. They're gone. And so the house is just dwindling away. Sooner or later, it'll completely fall in. Sooner or later, they'll bulldoze it up. Sooner or later, they'll set it on fire and burn. And it exists no more. And you go by there then, and you don't see it anymore. So it is, when a person dies, we have the body or the remains for a few days, and then we put it out of sight. So the age-old question is, the title of the message is simple this, why do people die? Uh, first of all, God, listen to this, God introduced the sentence of death in the Garden of Eden. He introduced it through disobedience. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not partake of it. Thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that you partake and eateth of this fruit, you shall surely die. Oh, is that right, the devil says, when he came to Eve. Is that right? You mean he said you're gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna die? Okay, the doctor says you have cancer. 
You have a few days to live. Well, he doesn't know what God knows, but sure enough, a few days, the person's dead and gone. So the devil says, no, no. But that word, surely, shall, other words, surely, it's going to happen. It shall is in the future. You will die. The judgment of God, listen, the judgment of God upon transgression was certain death. Transgression, going against his law. Of course, uh, you know, we know Adam and Eve uh, broke God's command. And they did not die physically, immediately, but eventually they did. Dying is a separation if we're lost from God. You know, the lost person right now has God available to them. He is available to the lost right now. He's having mercy on them right now. They have a a contact with him if they so choose by the Holy Spirit. But if they don't, that's the last time that they will hear from God. The next time will be when they stand before God at the, at the, at the, the judgment and give an account as to why did you not accept my son? Why would you turn him down? And it's going to simply say, God's going to say, I'm sorry I never knew you depart from me into everlasting punishment. Secondly, why do people die? God brought the curse of death upon Adam and all mankind. Just for one reason, disobedience. God, He won't tolerate disobedience. Genesis 3.19 From dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return, because... Of Adam and Eve's sin, listen, death was a part of God's curse upon mankind for one reason, disobedience. So that whereas by one man's sin entered into the world, and so death passed. Sin entered it by Adam. Righteousness entered it. By Jesus Christ. Paying our way. A third thing. Why do people die? The effect of sin brought the first death on earth. Genesis 4, 8. The Bible says that Cain talked with his brother Abel. And through the conversation, an argument became between the two. And as they were in the field, the Bible says, Cain rose up against his brother, and he slew him and buried him. He hid his body. What do you think mother and daddy thought when Cain come home without Abel? That is the first recorded person to die in the Bible. What do you do 
with a dead body when you've never had a dead body. You know, some of our real young people, uh, probably some of them have never been to a funeral unless it be one of their classmates. You know, they just don't go to old people's funeral. What do you do when you have a dead body on your hand? The people had never seen a lifeless body. So it must have been a mystery to them. How come he's not breathing? Oh, well, now we have all kinds of gadgets and gadgets to keep us going. And I'm thinking of my daddy who was resuscitated twice. Am I saying that word right? Brought him back to life, okay? Twice. In the last few months of his life, he told me, he said, don't let them do that to me again. Okay, Daddy. Little did I know that I would be holding him in my arms when he took his last breath. He had a defibrillator. I stretched him out in the bed, called Lynn, the boys, and he's laying there, I mean, uh, you know, lifeless. He's gone. That defibrillator did what it was supposed to do. It shocked his heart tremendously. I'm talking his whole body shook. Rescue people arrive. They rush in. They check him. I'm standing there. They says to me, what do you want us to do? I said, what can you do? Oh, we can shock him. I said, no, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that because he said, don't you let them do that to me again. Okay, one minute I was holding him, he was talking. The next minute I was holding a lifeless body. You know, that's just how life is. Uh, it was a mystery to them. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, that very night I had cut my daddy's hair, give him a shave, watched gun smoke with him, and then laid him out in the bed for the last time. Now, you've taken reverse all that. Death was not natural when Abel died or was killed. It wasn't natural. It wasn't a natural death. It was murder. Thou shalt not kill. The last thing I want to share with you, why do people die? You see, the result of Adam's sin brought eventual physical death to every human being. Now, the only way that you and I are going to avoid death is for Jesus to come back, okay, before we die physically. I don't, I'm not afraid to die. It's okay. I done told you that all these procedures I'm fixed to have and being put to sleep twice in three days, my sister's concerned about me expiring. I said, don't you worry about it. I done signed the waiver. It's over and done. They're not going to try to crank me back up if I come uncranked, okay? So, well, when I think about that, Genesis 5, 5 says, And all the days of Adam lived were 930 years. And it says, And he died. So, uh, you know, I know that I'm not put here to stay. And the solemn phrase, and he died, is repeated many times throughout the Bible. 
uh, even in chapter 5 of God's emphasis upon soul being separated from the body. I don't know what a soul looks like. Someone said that uh, the guy was having open heart surgery and the preacher had was good friends with the surgeon. He said, is there any way legally that I could watch this surgery? He said, by TV, yes, but in person, no. So the preacher searched and watched every move from putting the man to sleep to laying open his chest to taking out the heart, laying it on the table, opening it up, putting valves in, what have you. And after it's over, the doctor says to the preacher, he said, Sir, would you satisfy with what you're saying? He said, No, what? He said, What do you mean, no, you what? He said, Doc, I was looking to see if I could see the soul. I don't know what a soul looks like. But I know this, I am and I have a soul. Because when God created uh, Adam, the Bible says he breathed him into the nostrils of his life, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Some translation says a living being. Well, anything could be a living being, but a living soul. I believe you and I as human beings are the only one that has a soul. And it will be separated from our body at our death unless Jesus soon comes. And if he comes before I leave, I'm going to be transfigured. I'm going to be changed. The Bible says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and the dead are going to rise first. And that body at that time will be joined back with that soul. Here again, I don't know what that's going to be like, what it's going to look like. So the last thing I want to mention, so sin is caused by death. And the answer to the question, why do people die? As simple as it can be. The Bible says the soul that sinneth shall die. And we know that Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None of us are exempt from that. Um, none of us are exempt from that. You see, the old will die. The young may die. But all will die. Death is not the easiest thing to talk about. So we avoid it until it happens. And then we throw our hands up and say, I don't know what to do. He didn't tell me this and he didn't tell me that. She didn't tell me this. She didn't tell me that. Lynn and I talk about it all the time. Hey, I need to show you this. You need to let me show you while I'm living. My 91-year-old uncle says, you know, I think of my daddy, which is my grandpa. I think, I wish I could ask him a question. I wish I could ask him a question. Well, you know, I, my dad, the last, the last day that he actually laid brick, he laid for 45 years. The last, actually, last day that, that he worked, we worked together laying brick. He didn't feel good. I knew he didn't feel good, but he just wanted to be with his boy. That evening when we got in, I told him, I said, Daddy, don't clean them boots up. Why? 
I said, this cause, just leave, leave, leave them like they are. Just pull them off and just set them over and leave them alone. I still have those boots. They're sitting up on a shelf in his little building with mortar on it. Why? Who? Hey, them boys, after I'm gone, I have no idea probably what those are unless I show them and tell them they'll be thrown away. But they just mean something to me, okay? I walk beside those boots, watching. Of course, I can't ask him anything now because he's gone. But my hope is in Jesus that I will see him again. I look at his picture. I look at mama's picture. I look at Lynn's mama and daddy's picture. Uh, and I think, I just can't imagine what they are experiencing. All four of them have done gone through death, okay? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there's no reason to me be afraid. And the reason being is because thou, God is with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'm going to live in the house of the Lord forever. The Bible plainly says it is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. You see death is sure. And if you died, if I died right tonight. Do I know for sure without any doubt where I'm going? It don't need to be I hope so, maybe so, used to be, want to be. You know, you either know or you don't know. So why do people die? Because of sin. Adam and Eve are to blame for that. But Jesus has provided a way. And thank God he has provided a way that I possibly could avoid death. You see, death will not hurt me. What causes death, I'm sure will hurt me. Because I've watched many of our people suffer and suffer and suffer. My mama had massive cancer uh, all in her lower parts. The doctor says, I can't do a thing. I can't do anything. And said, I give her six weeks. It was six weeks. Six weeks. I watched her suffer. And I, you know, I I won't say I didn't shed any tears, but I didn't shed any tears because she uh, was out of her suffering. Miss her? Certainly. Every time she would come to our house when we lived in the parsonage, land teaching school, my mama would come in. She'd find all the clean clothes that had been washed but hadn't been ironed. And she sat in and ironed every bit of it and folded it neatly and laid out for Lynn to put up. And she'd have supper ready. Wow. And she made these little bitty biscuits. I'm talking little bitty biscuits. And if she couldn't come, if I was there, she would send a basket full, not for me, but for the boys. I'm looking forward to seeing my parents and in-laws and my brother-in-law and, and my cousins again. Because it's sure. Life is sure. Death is sure. But if you're saved, going to heaven is sure. Just like getting ready to go somewhere you've never been before. It's a real place. Father, thank you for the evening. 
Thank you for those who've chosen to come back. And Lord, I just pray that you would just bless them tonight tremendously, Lord. I thank you for my church family. I thank you for their love, Lord, that going on 11 years that this crowd has loved Lynn and me. And I pray, Lord, that we could love them back just like they love us. Lord, thank you for the opportunity today to stand before our people that you put under us. And I don't mean under is to low grade anybody, but God, I feel responsible for them. And it's my place to share your word. And I thank you for that opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't know the Lord, tonight is the night to accept Him as your Savior. If you do know Him, praise God for it. And share this message tomorrow. Share it with people uh, that are not ready to die. Because we all, unless Jesus soon comes, is going to die. Brother, what do we My heart, let us stand.
back in here meeting as a family of God. Yes. Praise the Lord. We still have some people that haven't come back yet. Just pray for their fear to be gone. And replace that fear with trust in the Lord. I know he gives us sense to make right choices, right decisions. But I thank you all for being here and present tonight and uh, Wednesday night. Let's see. I'll be here, won't I? Yeah. Well, I might be. I mean, I could be done died, you know. But I'm, I'm making my plans to be here this Wednesday night. Yes. Mm. Wow, Heather, that's great. Uh -huh. Get them while they're young, y'all. So you can train them. Okay, Scott, son, would you dismiss us, please? <laughs>